Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, T-Tossers, and welcome to the opening of this week's podcast. Why? It's a little bit different. Yes, it is. This is an advert for T-Toss Live. That's right, your very favourite podcast of all time. I'm making assumptions there, but I think I'm probably right. We are excellent, is coming to the London Podcast Festival. That's right, you can now see the The One Show show live. 7pm on Friday the 6th of September 2019 at King's Place in London's King's Cross. Tickets are available at kingsplace.co.uk. TTOS Live, it's going to be fucking ace. Reviews pending. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello. 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 I'm John Holmes. It's the The One Show Show, and this is part two of this week's The The One Show Show, the podcast that forces TV's The One Show to dance on its hind legs while we poke it with a stick in front of a baying crowd. Part one was released into the wild yesterday, so if you'd like this part two to make any kind of sense, we recommend going back and listening to part one first. Joining me this week, Mark Haynes, an actress, writer, comedian, Beth Granville. I saw a little bit of Wednesdays, actually, because, uh-huh. uh, and only because they said at the end of Tuesdays, uh, we've got the Kaiser Chiefs on tomorrow, and I like the Kaiser Chiefs, right, and I used to work with Ricky Wilson at Radio X, so I know Ricky a bit, and I really like him, and I thought, and he's quite good value as a guest, so yeah. I thought, I'll just watch Ricky and see what, how it goes. And to me, he, you know, he, he played the game very well, as you'd expect him to, but um, but nothing very exciting happened. It was still quite a dull week. However, there was a great bit when, which I just saw by accident near the end, when Mel was, again, they'd done a call, call out, and because I didn't watch the beginning, I've no idea what it was. They were showing their pictures in the frames, though, that people had sent the pictures in for something, mm. and she was holding one upside down to camera. <laughs> this is from Laura. The other way around. No, no, no that's wrong. No, I can't. I literally can't. I've got no spatial awareness. It's the other way. That's it. There we go. I'm so sorry. Now I have to do this. Uh, tried to spin it round again, but did it 360, and it was still upside down when she finished. <laughs> then she turned it sideways, and she went, oh, I can't I can't do this. I've got... And I was thinking, I bet Matt was just, just going, yeah, you're my, my fucking dyslexia. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Dyspraxia and dyslexia. Yeah. Is this a double bluff? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is this undermining me and pretending not to? Uh, Did you see him do the uh, air kiss with Jean-Paul Gaultier on uh, the start of Monday's show? I think I was probably staring at the wall instead. It was fantastic. So Gaultier comes in with his traditional French two kisses, and that is a gender-free kiss. So in he came, and Matt went straight for it. And I thought, oh, I'm a bit surprised by that. I thought Matt would be a bit like, 
easy, you know, <laughs> not one of your lot. And, uh, and uh, what happened that was made it so good is that he did the air kiss and then it was almost like it sunk in what he'd just done on telly and he started leaning back, just looking like, you know, how yeah, well, that was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get that much closer. Welcome to the one nice show. You. Oh, hey. Paul, hi, good to see you. Well, owning so, our oh, car. Yeah, you have seen that. Come I've done that all my career. You know, I was showing to the girl how to do it. Come yeah. on, <laughs> He didn't know what to do with his hands. It was magic. I'm I really, go really like that. I'm going to go back and rewatch that. Oh, it's great. Also, rewatch it because there's a bit where Jean Paul Gaultier uh, refers to Top of the Pop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I love. Top of the Pop. Top of the Pop. Uh, I want to talk about Lowestoft, which was another yes. low point. Um, now, Lowestoft got its moment in the sun, literally, because mm. it, I, I learned something. Same. It is the first place in the UK every single day to get sunlight. This is Lowestoft and that point behind me is where the sun first rises every day in the UK. And it's this unique location that people here believe should be the area's calling card. So they organised something called the First Light Festival. Uh, what did you make of this? I kind of wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, it, was, was it madly hippie and sort of lovely? Oh, yeah, it was cool. It was just really nice. They had a nice turnout and... I don't I know. I was... don't know. You see, I, I thought it looked shit. And did I, you? Well, partly I'm because... I'm such of the... a bloody optimist. <laughs> you are, do you want? Uh, yeah. partly... <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it was partly the camera angles. The week the week of Glastonbury, right? Yeah. They were trying... There was a thing called the First Light Festival that was organised by Wayne Hemingway. Very much the poor man's Wayne Hemingway. <laughs> so so he, he'd organised this festival where, where they got a, a, like a, bur- a burning man, mm. but it was a tenth of the size of the burning man from the Burning Man Festival yeah. on the beach at Lowestoft. And because Lowestoft needs cultural reevaluation and it's an area that just needs some funding. It's quite a depressed town. It's, it is, is yeah, it? in that whole yeah. region. I don't, I've never heard of it. You've never heard of it? It's all, yeah. Well, I'm, from, I'm from Wales and lots of my family are from Cornwall. So yeah. like I know lots of the West, but I just don't know the East. That is yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's got some really, really lovely places all along there. But Lowestoft is just the one that I don't know. It's almost like all the gentrification mist and all of yeah. the sort of old worldy. Not charm anymore, mate. They got a bloody gone. festival. They got a festival. They got festival. They, they were loving. Writer. They were loving it. And all the angles, though, they were trying to show it's great. This is what a festival. And rather than show wide shots of the festival, because mm. what there were were like three tents uh, on the beach and ice cream van. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, they, the angles were all shot from below. So you'd see the top of a tent as the presenter was walking along uh, and a flag or something. You just never got wide shots of what was going on. Yeah. And obviously they wanted to show it in a good light. So they, well, a first light, if you like. And they would, the, the, she was like, okay, what is there to do at the festival? And clearly, if you're the director of this piece, you would go for the best thing to do at the festival to show it off, right? Yeah. Uh, so she said, it's so good, it's so good here. And look, uh, this, uh, let's let's do this. Let's sit in uh, with this man and make sandcastles. So I'm keen to find out what else is going on. Can I get involved? Yes, of course you can. Yeah. So you need to pick um, a shape that you want to, to, want okay. to use. I'm going to go for this cone. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they weren't was... even proper ones. They were like old screwball things from the ice cream van. They were sitting Ooh. on a beach. It was so and odd. And a man had like 20 sandcastles he'd made out of not even buckets, but yeah, yeah. Litter. little ice cream. <laughs> out of litter. Litter, <laughs> litter. Basically, yeah, litter castles. What would you like? And she said, I'll have one of these little cones. And then she just started putting little sand cones on the beach. And that was the highlight of the festival. That was sad. No, that was sad. I don't know what I was thinking now, thinking, oh, this is brilliant, I want to go. (laughs) I pretty much booked my train for next year and now on reflection. It's it's moon week and Lowestoft looked bleaker than the moon. (laughs) (laughs) But it was pretty. 
beauty that sunrise oh it is a lovely place but it's got a funny sort of like town in it so the I was there about nice. two years ago and there was a bloke who was sitting there who looked a bit you know those uh, things you get on the end of hospital beds the, the shorthand they use DNR would be do not resuscitate oh yeah stuff. Mm. Neil by mouth Fever. yeah I had a friend who's, who's, whose dad is a GP in uh, Norfolk I won't name the town because it's Norfolk and they all know each other and <laughs> he, related to each other. Th- there was there's a famous thing which is NFN and NFN they have in the hospitals around there which is normal for Norfolk and it's slightly <laughs> to do with the fact that you might meet them and you go have they had a bad head injury and you go no no and there was a bloke in Lowestoft who I saw who was like a sort of weird looking almost like a biker but about 60 and he had on his arm he was sitting on a bench he had on his arm a full a fully grown golden eagle absolutely (laughs) huge right massive thing and he's just sitting there on this bench with his eagle he's got an eagle I don't don't know how you get eagles it's illegal to buy a crow in this country right you can adopt one from under a tree but you can't buy one I don't know where this prick has found a fucking golden <laughs> eagle, but he's got one now. And he was sitting there, and as I walked past, you sort of going, shitting hell, look at that, it's a fucking golden eagle. He was talking to another bloke, and he said, to be honest, he said, I might not come down again, because I, people haven't left me alone. <laughs> he went out for a walk with your golden eagle. And you're like, they, people just keep on coming up. That is my one lowest off story. If they'd have booked him, this would have been an excellent festival. Yeah, would Come, have. roll up, see the golden eagle oh, nutter. I'm not having everyone nutting my eagle. <laughs> <laughs> All they got was people making sandcastles out of old ice cream litter. Was, and then they said it's a 24-hour festival. 24 hours, and they did a little vox. Are you going to stay over 24 hours? Are you going to stay over 24 hours? I don't care whether they do or not. And just these little local lads going, oh, right, right, we'll be up for 24 hours. Yeah, we really love this. Yeah. You're doing the full 24 hours? No, no, no. I've got to... I may be combat. <laughs> Yeah. We're here for the whole 24. Yes, we are. A lot of Britain's coastal towns, you will find people who are on that beach for over 24 hours because they're They're... sort of living there. Exactly. So the people lying on the beach weren't there for the festival. They were just being stepped over by the ice cream (laughs) sandcastle guy. What's your nearest beach? Probably Whitstable. Oh, that's nice. Nice. That is nice, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been to um, Hastings? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so the uh, there was a, a bit. Danny Boyle turned up to this festival. By yeah. The way. yeah. D- Danny Boyle. The- Double duty for Danny Boyle. He was on last week, was on wasn't last he? Week as well. Yeah. So he was on. Those staying through the night could choose to share a movie on the beach with an Oscar-winning director. How important is an event like this for an area like Lowestoft? Funnily enough, we were here filming about a year ago. And of course you, and it was quite quiet, you know, and it's wonderful to come here and see it. It's quite chaotic, you know, but it's busy. You know, the food stalls are running out of food. It's a, it's a success. And because they were burning this burning man, which I noticed the presenter would, no, Wayne Hemingway was very specific to say, they didn't want to call it man mm. because, you know, gender so they call, he called it the pegfield person he said we're going to be setting light two in the morning we're going to set fire to the pegfield person because you can set fire to women now as well <laughs> no, we, we don't want women to feel that we can't set fire to them we did that years ago like we used to burn them we'd like drown them and then it wasn't okay but now it is it again is okay. so I don't know where I am to be honest so, so he was all about the pe- pegfield person Danny Boyle referred to it as the pegfield man and I love the pegfield man who's yeah. going to burn later at 2am yeah, that sounds like a great idea Yeah, mm. and then the voice 
voiceover said Pegfield Man as well, so it was all a bit confusing. Anyway, right. they set fire to this thing on the beach. Again, very... maybe, maybe gender isn't as rigid as you think it is, John. Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> but they set again a lot of close-up shots because clearly not many people really hung around for this thing, yeah. or they were just unconscious due to Copperberg. <laughs> and they and they were just filmed this this thing, and then then they said, and in two hours the the sun touches Lowestoft. Yeah, it's the first light, and then they showed that just the soundtrack of some hippie woman playing a flute. For those who made it through the night, it's been an experience to remember. Oh. And I thought, what a shit festival. <laughs> it wasn't a woman, was it? Oh, yeah, no, it was. It was a guy. He was on a drum. Yeah. And uh, see, gender again. <laughs> I think. The woman... And then, yeah, the woman yeah. on the flute, yeah. Um, and then, then Wayne Hemingway said, this sort of thing, this sort of festival, this is um, really great. It's been a success. <laughs> and it's it's just something that's so very rare, this kind of thing, in the UK. And he said that in the week of Glastonbury. Oh, that does seem amazing. The opening of festival that's season, hilarious. when there are at least 9,000 festivals every weekend across the UK. This will have been an edict from the, the like, Director General of the BBC going, we've got to do other festivals so that we can say, we covered a number of festivals, not just Glastonbury. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the BBC employees who were at festivals, uh, we've had to take into account the fact they also made something on Lowestoft. So the, the 8,000 BBC employees, some of those will have gone to lowest off. It's all about massaging those figures. <laughs> we did learn, by the way, that Matt, 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 Matt Baker isn't going to Glastonbury. Yeah. Uh, it's Glastonbury tomorrow. I'm oh, very excited. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. Uh, Matt, Matt, you're not going to be there. I'll I'm be so doing Godfather. Don't worry. Don't worry. But you'll um, be happy in your home. I will. Exactly. Oh, yes, Linda. Always. Is he not? That was one of my, where I thought, God, he is passive aggressive. Wasn't it? Some, I, can't, I can't remember verbatim. But wasn't it something like, I don't want to go to Glastonbury anyway. I'm doing Country Files. I'm doing Country yeah. Files. Do you know what? He uses so. Country Files as, as a big crutch yeah. to sort of go, yeah, we're all having fun here, but I, I've got a, a really very important serious yeah. job. Yeah. Why isn't Sean Keaveney doing Country File yet? <laughs> Great Sean idea. needs to be doing Country he always, That's what he wants to do, doesn't he? I'd love to see Sean Keaveney doing Country oh, yeah. Files. Am- then I would watch Country yeah. File. Is it called c- Country File because of Matt Baker? <laughs> <laughs> now I think it is. Yeah. Uh, there was a good bit when he was talking about the amount of people who watched the moon landings worldwide. That's Slightly less than the country file. That's exactly the... Did he, did he really? <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh. He did. He, but he said that 600 million people uh, watched that. And I, I, I thought waiting. he was about to waiting. say... Still less in country file. <laughs> oh, I wish he had. Fewer, fewer, fewer. <laughs> but it was a, Don't you fucking... I'm fucking dyslexic, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll add you to the pile of fucking bodies. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time to kill you because I do country fun. <laughs> Hi, I'm Julia Rayside and I'd like to invite you aboard my podcast. Always There is the only podcast to navigate through every single episode in order of the 1980s seafaring soap opera, Howard's Way. You don't have to love Howard's Way or even remember it. We're going to talk about it anyway because I think it's brilliant. Somebody's nicked my bloody boat. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Lulu. Let's talk about Lulu. Oh, yeah. Lulu. She was a guest. She was a <laughs> guest <laughs> on Thursday. Well, yay. yay, she is sticking around for the next 25 minutes. Let's say hello to Lulu. Aww. We love you. That was fun. You screamed. Oh, I t- you were married to a BG. What was that like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only just, I think, did he say that? I'm it, pretty it, sure. It was, it was pretty, it was skirting It was really, it, what was that like? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have to write, I didn't have to try and write songs because I went out with a BG. It's very difficult to like sum up seven years of marriage in a single yeah, easy yeah, sentence yeah. on the one show, yeah. Matt. Lulu emerged as Mrs. Lulu Gibbs. Hubby Morris was a lucky guy. He got the girl thousands of fellows would give their right arm for. The pop pair made a pretty picture, but it was like a battlefield for the pressmen. And so Lulu was married. The BGs hadn't lost a man, they'd gained a songstress. A real honey. Uh, what was she promoting? Uh, her tour. tour. Now, this for me, when they were talking about this, was the highlight of the week because Lulu fucked them over. Right. Really well. Good. And Matt, I've never seen panic like this. <laughs> Matt, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he panicked when blowers. From the cricket, flick, flick the, v's. the v's, yeah. And if someone gets close to the edge with something, Matt will desperately try and rein it in. But on this occasion, the the studio audience knew what was being said, and were they supportive uh, of it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Lulu knew what was being said because she'd said it, but Mel and Matt didn't even know what was going on. Uh-huh. Uh, but clearly, then someone told Matt in his ear what was going on, and my God, did he work to shut it down very quickly? Really? Because Mel still didn't get it and was still going on about it. They were talking about her tour. Mm. She's, it's called Lulu on Fire. <laughs> like the Pegwell Lulu. <laughs> Peg, Peg, Pegfield Lulu. <laughs> the Pegfield Lulu. She's on fire. <laughs> and, uh, and, and she said, we were going to call the tour Lulu AF. Yes. Right, OK. Right. That was it. Right, and of course, everybody, apart from Matt and Mel, got that. Yeah, because right. that's a great name for a tour. God. This tour is Lulu as fuck. On fire. Lulu on fire. But let me tell you, you know, because we talked about me being uh, in the business a long time, long career, I said, why don't we call it, jokingly, Lulu AF? <laughs> <laughs> ah, don't ask me 
asked me to explain it. You don't get that. And Matt went, oh, what does that mean? Did he say, oh, my, that's the worst thing? Yeah. Because yeah, he's been opening thinking, the door. What's happening? Yeah. What's, I was yeah, thinking, does yeah. he really not know? Yeah, yeah. that what's was really that? odd. What's that mean? What's that? And Lulu, oh. Lulu just screeched and just went, don't make me tell you here. Fanta- like, well, what a pro. Yeah, yeah. What a yeah. pro. She should have just said, it's Lulu as fuck. You, you uh, cannot yeah. ask questions on TV yeah. if you if you aren't ready to hear the answers. Imagine if she'd have just gone, Matt, AF stands for as fuck. <laughs> and then he'd go, I think we got a picture of that somewhere, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> they, but, but he then didn't know what was going on. And then there was a moment where Mel was saying, I don't understand it. I don't get it. What is it? What does it mean? The audience are all laughing because they do get it and they know they don't. Yeah. And Lulu's sort of screeching, saying, don't make me tell you. Then clearly someone's told Matt what it means. He's then gone to shut it down and tried to shut it down. Mel's hmm. still going, I don't understand what it means. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me. To... Still never let me on the BBC again. <laughs> I was trying to be funny. Oh, my oh. God. No, no, no. Oh, there we I are. I still don't get it. Uh, um... And he's saying, oh it's Lord. a family issue. Family show came out again, his little catchphrase. Anyway, no, it's called Lulu on Fire. It's a family show, I'll tell you afterwards, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and Lulu was just giggling, the audience were giggling. Listen, yes, carry on. We've, uh, well, they get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Matt, nonplussed, and he said, We can't mention it. Uh, oh, we're on BBC Two. Which I didn't even realise they were on BBC Two until this point. No. So I don't know why that was. Anyway, what's been this week? I don't know. Nothing. On BBC One. Someone was on BBC One. Anyway, they were on BBC Two. Oh, that's what he said. And Maybe he's then, lying. And then he, He's dyslexic, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Lulu said, they get it, pointing to the studio audience. Just prolonging it all. Right. You can dress and, them up as peasants all you want, but they fucking get it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt then some, suddenly just cut through all of the giggling and everything. He just went, to sir, with love. <laughs> <laughs> and then just said, can we put that on? Put it on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to Sir With Love oh. is one of the songs. Yes, I'll do that. Oh. Yes, sure. you'll do that. I think, can we, have we got to, can we, can we put that on, can we? Because this is the version that you did uh, that was Barry Manilow's arrangement. <laughs> and on came, a, like, whatever, a little bit of a film or something. <laughs> oh, it was just, it was in a completely dull week. And I thought, there's nothing in this week. That was the moment. That was the moment. Oh, they, they, that's good. The one show pulled itself back. Oh, I, I, man, oh, man. I sort of feel sorry for Lulu for getting into trouble as well. Oh, Lulu doesn't give a shit. <laughs> is that oh, the other time? Is that what they've renamed the tort? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't give a shit. Oh, she doesn't care. No. I don't think I knew she was married to a Bee Gees. Yeah. I don't think I did, but you don't know anymore. Once you know something, <laughs> you, you know, don't you? And I'm, did I know that? I think it was Morris, I, was Morris, it? It was Morris. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it's, I think she was also married to the celebrity hairdresser John Frieda. Really? Was she? Yeah. She marries a lot of men that you think might have been gay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be me, that will. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know about the uh, about the BG, I don't think. So. Yeah, well, well, she doesn't like to shout about it. Speaking of singing uh, inappropriately. She doesn't like to shout about it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I had a nightmare that I'd just done that joke. <laughs> and it had been recorded. <laughs> That's not being edited out. Um, they, th- there was a, the call out for this, the end of this show, they, they sang it. Mm. They, they, oh, so this they, was so weird. Wasn't it? So the, when they were showing all the pictures of... What were they showing pictures of? I, I thought I was having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was the pictures that people had sent in, right? Yeah. 
It wasn't the moon. It wasn't moon people. That was because it, 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 it is moon week. Yeah, 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 it wasn't yeah. moon week. What was it? Sending your drawings of moon people <laughs> is a great one. But either way, they started to. They, they played "Fly Me to the Moon." Yeah, okay. they were singing, weren't they? So, so Mel took it upon herself to sing what was happening in yes, the photographs. That was it to the tune. Well, the tune. Wow. There's more. This is Martin Kirby with his then girlfriend Brenda. <laughs> Uh, now, he was 19 when it happened, and he stayed up with his dad to watch it on the TV. He's now married to Brenda. Yay! Yes! Thank goodness, who he says he loves her to the moon and back. Oh, very cool. Now, we were all so distracted by that, I think, that we've forgotten what was in the photographs. Yeah. <laughs> we were clear, clearly all having an out-of-body experience. And it was, but she just like the half tune of Fly Me to the Moon. Then, halfway through showing these pictures and her singing it, and sort of trying to get everyone to join in, the music ran out. Oh, and then God. she got cross because the, the music's ran out. They put it on again. And only at that point where it went round the second time did Lulu go, it's Fly Me to the Moon. <laughs> and, she was trying to, she was also singing along with it. She didn't even know what it was. A magic mess. Victor Lucas, watch the TV coverage. Where's the Ready? music gone? From a submarine. Oh, there we go. Oh, thank goodness. He watched it from a submarine, OK, Sorry. while serving on HMS Renown, just two miles away from Cape Kennedy. He said it was a perfect day and the crew witnessed the first stage separation with the oh, naked eye. the moon. That's what's up there. That's what the song is. Stick that um, in the door. On the thank you for all the pictures. They were brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Should we, should we finish there? There we are. Fly me to ITV. <laughs> uh, any other business? Uh, any anything we've missed? Anything that we've deliberately skirted around and anyone wants to drag back up? I liked uh, Jean Paul Gaultier told a, uh, a very very hard to decipher and follow story, uh, which was made even harder by the fact that he was talking about a teddy bear called Nana, which had been given to him by his grandmother, and he interchangeably used the words Nana to describe his grandmother and the bear <laughs> in an accent that was so thick. I mean, it was like it was like Cluzo. It's kind of, uh, yes, it's chronological, like to make understand how it started with yeah. my teddy bear, which was very important, my grandmother. I think we've got a photo, actually, of your oh, teddy yes. bear. Yeah. Um, we got the teddy Nana. bear there. His name this was Nana. Nana. Nana is... Well, as that is Nana, and as you can see, the teddy bear, what has he here? Like the cone bra, the conic bra. So it means it was before Madonna wore yeah. it, and, and, and it was her the first to wear it, and like it was a teddy bear, wow. it was the first transgenre. No, don't you think? Yeah. But I thought magic. More French people on television. David Guetta. Yeah, they liked him. Jean Paul Gaultier. Yeah, yeah. Next week, let's have some ridiculously sounding like Jacques Tati. <laughs> Let's get, let's get them on. Thick French accents, way forward. Really Rene from fun. a lower low. That's yeah, it. yeah. Because yeah. you, you didn't know what he was going to say next, and it felt a little bit on the edge. Yeah. And it was really funny. There was a bit, I think, where Matt Baker was sort of talking about this show that he's got that's on at the South Bank, isn't it? Yeah. Gautier's show. If his we're not here to plug that, why are we here, guys? Freak. Uh, his fashion, fashion freak show, whatever it is. And just the way he talked to him like it was the most logical thing in the world that he's had this long full life and done all these cool things and it's like well obviously you're going to put on a cabaret about it oh yeah and that was it cabaret's a French word right yes. and he said cabaret <laughs> yeah. and I was like yeah. English people have been saying this wrong the whole time <laughs> didn't spot that. That's he good. said uh, yeah I thought it was beautiful so then I'm googling is Jean-Paul Gaultier French <laughs> and then I'm googling 
is cabaret a French word? So why do we say cabaret and French people say cabaret? I say I will make a revue, a cabaret. In that bit as well, he said, um, it's in uh, une revue, in uh, uh, cabaret. And Mel, Mel heard both of those words and she went, a revue? <laughs> <laughs> Something that we don't say. Are you going to a, a review? What do you mean? I mean, the theatre? <laughs> I don't know how to say anything anymore. Um, but yeah, he talked to him as if, as if you know, you've come to sort of nearing the end, well, not nearing the end of his career, but you go, of course, I'll put on a cabaret show, like it's writing an autobiography. Yeah. You know, like I'm just going to put on a fucking he mad show and, and to tell all these stories about my life. And the show does look mental, oh, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really funny to think that he was like this really serious sort of like French designer who was hanging around with all these A-listers. And then he did Euro Trash. And then we were like, oh, he's he's one of the great guys, Jean-Paul Gaultier and Anton de Cohen. They were so good. And that show was such a sort of late-night fixture for so many years. Yeah. And I was like, are they not going to mention? I know it's easy to sort of go, he's fashion designer. Jean- no, to a generation, he's the presenter of Euro Trash. <laughs> yeah. And then it came up, and Jill Hoffpenny was like, I love that. And Mel was like, I loved it. And Matt obviously hadn't seen it. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> I did I, not I, get as many viewers. I do not stay up past some. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, noticed it was. I don't know. It was, it was Moon Week. It was. It was Moon Week really? on the one show. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you saw that. <laughs> no um, mooning whatsoever on Moon Week. That's what Mel was very keen to say on Monday, wasn't was it? Was she? Oh, yeah. that's, she said it's Moon. That was Moon Week. And she went, but there's no mooning. We've also got a massive moon just behind us as well, which we're very proud of. Yes. Um, not so, not somebody mooning. It's just we will learn a moon. all about that lovely thing uh, all this week. Yeah, we got a, we got a yeah. giant moon uh, there, and she went, "It's not someone mooning." Well, she shut up for <laughs> Guys, just I a second. Script writer for the one show. <laughs> <laughs> there oh, was shit. there was a tweet that wrongly came to our account. We've Good. had a lot of interest recently because Joe Wiley put up a tweet about being on the one show in Glastonbury and stuff like that. And yeah. She did our bloody address, not the real Joe one. Joe Wiley. I mean, it's oh, so right. irritating. Right. But one of the people had had. Uh, contacted us just to say do not have Mel Giedrock on anymore. She's saying she makes a laugh and a joke out of everything. <laughs> Look, it's a bad thing. Oh, actually, talking of that, uh, we got a one-star review this week. Excellent. Because... I thought we didn't accept those. I'm glad I wasn't sure if it had gone through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone wrote, um, I turned it off when they started joking about nets. They said, I do not find environmental damage funny. <laughs> <laughs> We found the limit. Was We've it got... hair nets? What nets were you talking about? It was a fishing net. There's a fishing net that was dumped in the ocean right. and they were they were going, it's plastic, it needs to be taken out. And uh, naturally, we had some fun with that. Um, but we've since realised that that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. So we you, like you now apologising. We would to... like to make an official apology uh, to say that we don't think environmental damage is funny. We we think everything is funny. <laughs> and nothing is awfuling. Uh, take away that one-star review, you shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a great moving I was moved by a little bit of the one show which was uh, nothing to do with the one show it was just a clip they showed mm. of the new film of the Apollo missions it's Moon, it's moon Week on, yeah. the, on the one show <laughs> is it yeah uh, and, and this guy they had the director on he liked with the Pavarotti and liked with the Senna and the, all that Footage. He had nine days worth of footage. Wow. Uh, of of the moon landing from beginning to end. Okay, and they showed the little clip of it, and he's put it together in a ninety-three minute film. And they showed um, I don't know thirty seconds of it of the build-up to the launch, but the tension mm. was incredible. I mean, it made you want to watch it. I mean, it was just and jaw-droppingly good. And you can kind of 
I know it's Moonweek, but I, I you know, it passed <laughs> me. It? But it's Moonweek. <laughs> but this bit of film, I thought that is that is absolutely amazing. There, and, I, I tell you what, though, when you think about the moon thing, and I know this was exactly the thing I've just laughed at Carol Vorderman for doing. But when you go, <laughs> why are you obsessed with the moon? And you just go, because the men were walking on the. They were. You can see it, and they were walking on it. Yeah. I just couldn't believe mm. that humans could do this. They landed on the moon. I mean, it's still extraordinary. Nobody's ever, you know, since those yeah. Apollo days in the 60s, early 70s, it, nobody has ever been back. It's mind-blowing. It's the greatest human achievement. Oh, yeah. Not not just of the, like, 20th century, but, yeah. but ever. We went to a different planet. Eight of us. <laughs> it's madness. Eight uh, of you lot. No women up there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were, can burn us. You can't were, fucking put us on the moon. They yeah? were all due on. Yeah. <laughs> You would think that one of the most historic TV moments of all time would be in the BBC archive. However, most of the footage is not on these shelves. This is Moonweek. There was a film about the fact that the BBC had didn't record any of their evening of covering the moon. So I've heard rumours of tapes of this broadcast being, I don't know, overwritten with horse racing. Is there any truth in any of that? I'm afraid not. <laughs> it's a nice story, but there's no truth. There were no recordings made of the studio element of the programme. Uh, I don't think at the time we thought it was particularly significant to record them. And you've got to remember, these were early days of videotape. It was very expensive. They did it live. It was uh, yeah. Cliff Mitchell Moore and James Burke and Patrick Moore in the studio. I mean, men, men had got to the moon. We hadn't yet worked out how to video record. <laughs> and were, it was the fact that the BBC hasn't got any of this, but they'd done a, they'd done a, a call out. People had, had sent in footage they've recorded themselves on rudimentary recorders. What, was, this, was this the call out they did no, on they, the show? No, the BBC genuinely. Okay, so this there is was the, yeah, an, yeah, an yeah. international call-out, if anyone yeah. had. And they'd found little bits of footage and, and, and mocked it all back up again and, and showed a little clip of that as well, of how the BBC had covered the whole thing. Yeah. But, but people, you know, people in there got it stored in their loft that they'd recorded at the Amazing. time. Amazing. Uh, rudimentary. Because the video recorder was invented in 1958. Did you know that? Ah, yeah. interesting. Uh, so very few people had one, of course, but some they'd got some of the footage back. Anyway, it came off the back of it, and, and rather <laughs> than, as you said, all that technology of getting people to the moon, that Carol Vorderman nor you, or I couldn't believe what Matt couldn't believe was that the BBC hadn't recorded any of the footage <laughs> and was very keen to say that off the back of the film. I can't believe it just wasn't recorded. I just can't believe it. Some unbelievable statistics, obviously, that we heard there. Because uh, if they haven't recorded the moon footage, there's every chance that some of Country File will be missing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, it's illegal to own anything uh, from the moon because, because it's all government sort of funded. So a piece of moon rock. Yeah you would not be able to sell because you shouldn't have got that moon rock because it's the property of the government. So you can't legally buy stuff. The only way you can get something from space is asteroids. So if you find like a meteorite, right. then they are incredibly valuable because they're one of the only things from outside our atmosphere that you could legally trade. See, person with your one-star fucking review, right? Get Look, I think you're learning from oh, this now. I don't like interesting moon facts about, <laughs> about sale and ownership. Well, fuck off. So does that mean my bit Once of the moon you... I've got in a little box is fake? It's on a bit of velour in a yeah, plastic it, box. Yeah, yeah. Got it from NASA in Florida. No, that sounds like it came from a reputable dealer. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is it. We will be back next week. Please do rate, review and tell your friends about this podcast. Also, a reminder that we'll be doing this live on stage in the autumn. It will be an absolute mess. So why not come and be in the audience to see how not to do a live podcast? Tickets are cheap for a reason. So why not come along? Google the London Podcast Festival. Search for us on there. Uh, kingsplace.co.uk, I think is the actual website. It is. Do you know what my dream is? That Matt Baker will buy every ticket and he'll sit in the front row and he'll just go, come on then, you fucking cunts. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let that stop you buying a ticket. But while you're remembering to do that, also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at the one show, the one show also looks back into you. Goodbye. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, quickly, quickly, we haven't got long. Please listen to the all-new Angelo Sandbelly podcast. It's a family one. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. There's so much muck in it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.